0: Welcome one and all to Discovery, a Star Trek Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery Podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open.
1: Light it up. Discovery is Star Trek Podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 406. Stormy weather comes to you now via extra power tucked away under my chair.
0: And just a bit of fleet news before we launch into the episode. Uh, Surprise, Pete! We have new Discovery next week, but after that, back into the long, cold, lonely winter because it's now a mid-season break after next Thursday, December 30th.
1: Yeah, who knew we had our own void ahead of us? Uh, Really kind of stunning news and has to take off the table any possibility that Star Trek Picard returns... In February 2022, as uh, told,
0: smart money seems to be that since since Paramount Plus and Viacom and all that, since the corporate folks were taken by surprise that Star Trek fans would want to see new Star Trek, uh, and there was the whole Netflix thing, and then the whole you know kind of solution and whatnot, probably Discovery has been pushed back to accommodate. Um The planned worldwide launch of Paramount Plus, or at least planned initially where it was going to whatever blah blah blah, so whether that happens right before discovery returns, or whether that's with an eye towards when Picard starts, you know that's that's for the bean counters to figure out, but again, consensus seems to be it's to accommodate the growth of paramount plus so pete just as just as our friends internationally got bit by the. Paramount Plus thing initially when it was pulled off Netflix. Now we all get bit again for their bid for more Gold Press Latinum. Those Ferengis that run the show, the the Paramount Plus show, not the, not not Star Trek. Anyhow, Pete, back to you.
1: I I guess if if that's what it's gonna take. But uh,
0: here we were all geared up to give you you know
1: thirteen consecutive weeks of the current flagship of Star Trek, and they throw a break in there. Yes, there will be star trek uh prodigy uh starting up again on um january 6th however uh yeah no uh no discovery until february 10th we'll get through it somehow
0: Meanwhile, Pete, I see your note here that this is Jonathan Frakes's twenty-third uh, Star Trek episode. Um, I don't, I don't know if you're including his two movies in there, but that is an astonishing no. outing.
1: It does not include his movies, and to think now that of all the seasons of Star Trek, he has directed the entirety of one of them. Uh, if you want to go old school, the twenty-two, you know, sometimes. Remember, we used to get more than 22. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think very impressive. Um, I think he's had some better outings than the one we're about to podcast. Uh, but I, I think of of note nonetheless.
0: I, Pete, I can't wait to dive on to this darling of an episode. First, I will note over on our pop culture uh, podcast feed, the Hawkeye finale is up. Our Book of Boba Fett preview is up. And uh, a reminder that sometime tomorrow, if time exists in the Matrix, we will be recording our Matrix uh, Resurrections um, review. That'll be up on Patreon, but it will be free to all our own little bit of uh, holiday cheer in the stocking, so to speak.
1: I had been asked by a couple of people where to find that. It'll only be on Patreon, but it, again, will be accessible to everyone. So you'll be able to go there and listen to it regardless of whether you are contributing. So enjoy. And uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, everybody listening and helping us out this uh, year, 2021.
0: With that, let's head into the Mission
1: Briefing. Overlapping images of Michael Burnham's life fill her own version of, I guess it's a Lologi tree. It came from a Lologi orb type of situation. As uh, Book looks on, he notes that today would have been his father's birthday, but they were not close. Uh, Burnham has been ordered to investigate uh, the subspace rift left behind by the dma however book feels like they are missing opportunities and that whoever created the dma is someone the federation has never encountered uh he says they need to jump outside federation space and talk to them but burnham maintains they have to sift through the evidence before them
0: one of the strengths of this uh star trek discovery writing room is they know, they know when to hold them and know when to fold them, which is to say, sometimes they'll say, tachyon emissions, science, science, science. Then there'll be other times, like Burnham notes, that there's a current crime scene at the DMA site, and they need to get evidence while it's fresh. So, okay, Pete, I might not always know about the this and the that and the subspace rifts and so forth, but... Okay, I get it. I've seen the CSI. Got to go get there and get the info. That's why Book's good idea isn't going to get listened to this time, because they have to go investigate.
1: Burnham walks and talks with Saru, who says they can't anticipate interference. The Enterprise noted Uh heated plasma. What's the matter?
0: I'm, I'm gasping in astonishment, Pete. They're referencing Enterprise <laughs> or, or the Enterprise, whichever Enterprise it might be. Is there any more fan service? Voyager, yeah,
1: ionized particle eddies. Yeah. So I, I just wish I knew like Enterprise C and Voyager, 11. Like which which ones? Um, also, the warp drive will need to remain offline, and Stamets doesn't think it's smart to use the spore drive either in the turbo lift they discuss zora's development of emotion they've run two level uh 10 diagnostics with no irregularities but they are in uncharted territory
0: uh zora is asked to do an all call to get everyone to stations uh and we see a montage uh, of all crew going to stations. Pete, the return of our Canadian bridge crew, plus Adira and Gray. Okay, fine, Gray's not going to stations, but it's saying, hey, Gray's in this episode too. Uh, on the bridge, Burnham gives a recap, search for all the evidence, uh, then we're going to go into the subspace uh, rift on impulse.
1: Where, where's Linus though?
0: Uh, Linus is underneath the heat lamp, because <laughs> some weeks we need to come up with reasons to not have Linus,
1: I guess.
0: <laughs> um, but, but he we almost
1: get... gets killed with a with a uh, a hull breach? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's true. So with this exterior shot of Discovery going into the subspace rift and uh The Eye of Sauron? Uh, that too. Uh, Pete, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you know that reference. Uh, but anyhow, then we cut to credits. Nope, they actually don't cut to credits. Uh, they go in riding hot and bumpy until suddenly it's not. It's nothing. Detmer and Owo note that uh, external sensors show nothing. Bryce says there are no comms. Put visuals up. Owo says these are the visuals. There's there's nothingness here. Perhaps no the subspace sound. no sound indeed. Perhaps the subspace rift is different uh, compared to other ones because it's from the DMA. Uh, Pete, I'm still not understanding this though. What I need is for Bryce to play all the all the sounds of the galaxy for me. All those subspace harmonies. Put it through the speakers, and it's nothing. Literally nothing. And the notes that this is impossible to be nothing. But still, they've made again. You might be a little bit down on this episode, Pete. I like that they've made it clear that it's uh, absolutely nothing. And in a way that doesn't make me feel like, oh, no, we're trapped on a soundstage.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't that be a a twist on a Star Trek episode? (laughs) We're trapped on a soundstage. Uh, With the absence of visual, of audio uh books sensors don't register anything either and he wants to do some reconnaissance but burnham says she's going to send a dot which doesn't register any data before it begins to disintegrate at six thousand meters out even to the point where it seems like it's screaming uh they cannot pull it back as it is eaten uh adira posits that the dma has done something to subspace itself, turning it toxic, but they need answers. So Burnham takes them to red alert, pull out into, I believe Matt, you described it as inescapable blackness.
0: There you go. Uh, in the credits, we see the episode is written by Ann Kofel Saunders and Brandon Schultz, directed by Jonathan Frakes. Uh, on the bridge, Burnham notes that the dot hit the edge of whatever it is out there. Uh, a photonic flare is going to be fired. Detmer will calculate the time differential, which inif- initially I was like, oh, okay, that's sciencey. I don't quite get it. But Pete, it's sciency and mathy um, because and when the photonic human
1: computery?
0: <laughs> human, there you go. Um, the idea being that with the flare disappearing when it does, whatever's out there is getting closer. And it'll be here in 33 minutes. Battlestar Galactica reference, no doubt. I'm not kidding. Got to be a Battlestar Galactica reference. Did it, though? I mean... Come s- on. A, a sci-fi episode sets the story clock at 33 minutes? Come on. It's definitely... All right. They didn't go with 47, but I I, I didn't
1: feel it was... I mean, it, it's just that one Battlestar Galactica, 33. It's not like it was a continual
0: thing. It's maybe I mean, the greatest c- episode of Battlestar Galactica. It certainly is a standalone. Anyhow, Pete...
1: Can you could, take... could be a could could be a Christian reference with uh, when when Jesus was uh, believed to have been crucified. Like,
0: <laughs> I would also argue in all. I mean, I, I think you're being somewhat serious. I would also argue in all seriousness. Yes, forty-seven is the Star Trek number. But if you tell me in a hour-long drama, I know it's not exactly sixty minutes. This episode. But if you tell me bad things happen in forty-seven minutes. I feel like that's way later. Whereas if you say, I know we're not watching. Real timing us? Well, we're not quite real timing it, but to sit and go, hey, you just settled into this episode. In a little over half an hour, everyone will die. I kind of sit up and go, oh my goodness, we might not make it to the end. Like, willful suspension of disbelief here. Emergency, emergency. Um, So
1: they extend the shields out here. They're going to need that extra power. And uh, Stamets has a book in engineering to help out and is glad he's there, which takes us to the lounge and a lonely gray.
0: Yes. uh, Gray talks to Zora, essentially getting a recap of the episode thus far. This situation is not normal and Zora can't uh, prioritize normal functions. She's essentially kind of mentally spinning and gray recaps uh, that. It's like if his brain reported every subconscious function at once, uh, maybe he can, focus her perhaps with his space chess game which itself has been designed i have to say quite handily no sarcasm since he is a trill of all creatures and they already deal with the mind body connection in a way which is unusual to have this game that's extra good at it because of reasons and somehow it's different than chess It, it all fits in the science fiction milieu right to
1: assimilate the new body there with whatever's out there getting closer, Burnham decides on the bridge. She's seen enough. She's going to abort the mission, uh, but Detmer can't chart a course back. Zora can't help either, and Stamitz says jumping carries a significant risk, but Book is going to go into the spore cube, and Stamets is going to monitor. Discovery spins, and it seems like we're getting a jump, but then Book gets hit with an energy surge, forcing them to shut the jump down, and they are stuck.
0: Indeed, Stamet says, the MySeal network is, well, the problem is not described uh, at all here, and barely later, I think that's because, Pete, they need the MySeal, I mean, they say later on there's, like, pockets of... There's holes in it or pockets in it, you know, whatever. Pockets of absence, that kind of thing. Um, Pete, the story needs it to not work, so it doesn't. Um, We go to a commercial break. We come back. We get a recap of Book being hit, this time a bit more from his perspective. Uh, He stands and now sees his father. Pete, that's the dead father that was referenced earlier in the episode. Dad wonders why his son is letting himself get ordered around, wasting his talents stamets pulls book from the cube and they go to sickbay where doctors pollard and Kolber say that uh, book is stable uh however there is this minor issue of the full sensory uh hallucination which uh, i like the explanation here his dream center which is already active because of his uh alien nature his dream center is firing way too fast um however it will fade with time um And here is when Stamets gives the proper update on the mycelial network. There are holes in it, uh, in the void, and hence they can't jump out, which is good enough for me. And uh, the good news is that the energy that zapped book can be analyzed and sourced because it's the X-Factor thus far. Right,
1: whatever it left in his brain there, they can uh, analyze. Back to the lounge where Grey compliments Zora, on her name which she says means dawn or new day interesting uh gray chose his name too but just because he liked it uh zora is less overwhelmed since they've started playing but begins to detect something unusual on the hull of deck 17 and Gray says they need to tell the captain
0: uh the captain then asks who is in the area of deck 17 where there's this uh, issue outside uh, on the outside hall. Dr. Pollard is sent to check the situation and she's telling the folks who are there to run. Um, Ensign Cortez ultimately gets, gets up uh, pulled out into space by the hull breach. Pete proof of the grand conspiracy. JJ Abrams exists. Why? <laughs> Cause he did that in 2008 Therefore, shots like this are proof that he's actually secretly running Star Trek.
1: Oh, let's let's not even give any credence to that nonsense, please.
0: Because he's the first person to figure out that there's a pref- pressure differential between <laughs> a pressurized interior and the vacuum of space that sucks things out. Oh, man, if only one day they could harness that with some sort of vacuum for the home. Uh, but I digress, Pete. Take us back to the lounge.
1: Uh, Zora tells Grey what has happened here um and uh zora is now getting at least some kind of input uh from exterior sensors and they need to let the bridge know uh on the bridge Bryce uh, reports multiple areas on decks 12 through 15 thinning uh and owoshiken has our story clock down to 21 minutes until the hall is critical Gray explains to the bridge that Zora's having difficulty focusing, that they played the game. It seemed to help. And now Zora appears in what for the people on set is more of an aha moment and and a, an attempt to play that way. Um, we've seen, I guess the closest thing it would come to, Matt, is like the waveform, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of her her voice of her synthesizer, if you will, like Gray was talking to it, and now we've seen it uh, on the bridge. We've actually seen it in the credits since the season opened, but not had any context as to what it was.
0: One of the takeaways is nice work, Gray, for figuring out all these particulars with Zora. Meanwhile, Book is still hallucinating that Dad is there. Dad berates his son for just sitting in sick bay. Look at your father. Uh, Book yells at him with the reverse angles of the camera, uh, reminding us that dad is indeed a hallucination. Uh, Book admits to loving Burnham and being nothing like dad anymore. Uh, meanwhile, on the bridge, Reese advocates for firing flares and Detmer's hoping that they get lucky. Uh, I think the takeaway from the little sidebar is they don't have great answers yet. And this is a work in progress. Oh, whoa. Pitches a risky maneuver and uh, keeps on pitching it to Saru despite his nose, uh, which is uh, his saying no, not his olfactory uh, organ. <laughs> um, and uh, Owo gets reminded by Saru that she uh, need not debate him when he makes a decision and says no. Yeah, that she's
1: needed at her station here. Uh, Saru has Nilsen send dots to the area in engineering that is weakening. Zora admits in the ready room her guilt to Burnham, uh, and Burnham says she's not to blame. But it's here that Zora explains that she is a sentient organism living inside a supercomputer, because that always works out, doesn't it, Dave?
0: Um, Ultimately, uh, Burnham reflects on her own loss, the loss of her parents, and the blame that she placed on herself. The lesson being it's difficult to accept that, that uh, some things are outside our control. And Zora stresses that she will be ready when needed. We go back to Bay, where we're told the book's hallucinations should be gone within an hour. Uh, and the particles that, that uh, energized his brain are the DMA clue that they've been looking for. Indeed, it's from the galactic barrier. The DMA must have come from outside the galaxy. Stamets thinks that the particles uh, themselves are a byproduct, which is interesting. That didn't catch my ear on on first view. Um, But this idea that they can look for more particles to point a way out. And let me just pause that for a second and go back to the first thing here. Again, Stamets highlighting that the thing that makes the DMA doesn't make these particles. It's as a result of the travel or something. So whatever the larger picture is, more of it is being painted here uh, bit by bit.
1: Yeah, and that book thought it would be a species they knew, even though at the beginning of the episode he said it was coming from outside, so it doesn't quite track. Um, They beam to the bridge here. Uh, Burnham uh, explains to look for the particle signature so that they can find a way out. The shields are now down to 10 minutes, and Adira... Uh, says the particle resonates at 218 kilohertz, which Bryce says is sonar frequency. Uh, I am digging how Bryce has been key in a couple uh, saves so far this season. Uh, Burnham says that uh, Gray needs to come to the bridge to assist, and Zora has a pulse ready to go, one ping only.
0: Yes, this episode and others. Um, I think we would all welcome even more Canadian Bridge Crew story time. But um, the nature of the nature of things being as what they are, you want to give Reese uh, last week the main mission, which is off screen. Okay, that's better than scans starting, scans completed, situation normal. You know, to to give them all something to do. Oh, what well, was a little flare up earlier? Uh, not more than. 30 seconds of story, 45 seconds of story, all all be told, but it's, uh, it's appreciated nonetheless. Uh, but anyhow, Pete, back to those one ping onlys, uh, which I guess is technically more than one. Um, it takes a little bit, but it dings on back. Hooray, they have a way out, but it's too far for the shields to hold, and plasma will burn everyone inside the ship. So it's not a solution, unless, what if? Everyone goes into the pattern buffer. Pete, that's a callback to Scotty in the TNG episode, Relics. Although they do say it's basically not a good idea for too long, which is admitting that it worked out one time, but isn't a story solution uh, every time. But that
1: they recognize it's been done before for extended periods of time. So, hey, not 75 years. (laughs) but not 75 seconds. So somewhere in between, there are risks, but Saru falls down on it being the best option. The captain's going to stay with the ship, and they're going to go in groups. Uh, so several of them beam in. Uh, Awoshikan apologizes to Saru, because when she was young, she had a friend who was sick and needed more help than her community's healers, could give. We've been told back in the second season that she was from a Luddite community. Um, she couldn't do anything except watch her die. Uh, but Saru says that she bore
0: witness. And with that, they beam in. Uh, we see Book collecting grudge from his still unnamed ship. Uh, he sees Dad in the ship as well. Um, and Dad, which again is more projection of Book's unconscious, but Dad makes peace. Dad admits to having hunted sacred creatures. Uh, However, he did what he had to do when the Emerald Chain was around. Uh, Dad does note, because Dad knows we're in the middle of a season and wants to plant some some potential for the second half. Uh, Dad says that Burnham will always pick Starfleet over Book. And Book, one day, maybe in the next seven episode days or whatever, uh, will have to make a choice uh, for himself. Book ultimately is philosophical about seeing his father's spirit uh, after a fashion and dad fades away. Uh, Book then makes his way through the halls, gives a goodbye to Burnham saying that he loves her.
1: Beams out there with grudge. And then we get, for my money, the best part of this episode. This was where I felt the freaks the slow-mo spark walk in the exo suit to the bridge. Super dramatic uh, we've got Zora. She puts the signal on the speaker, and then life support is turned out, turned off throughout the ship as we slowly move via impulse power, sparking all over the different decks, and Zora says that there is increased difficulty in uh, sensing the signal. 287 pressure leaks now. Um, On the whole, and uh, it's really a a match of wills, Burnham and Zora trying to uh, both focus here. They're both afraid. Uh, Gray's game is not going to work here. Um, And Burnham gives advice that when you face fear, that uh, you let it make you stronger as they enter the plasma barrier.
0: So, Pete, I don't mean to behind the scenes here on a moment where you just said, you know, this this great lesson for us all, even the non-supercomputers, um, you know, you, you have control over yourself ultimately, and challenge can define a person. So that's all important. I don't mean to ignore that. However, I do want to say something that I think we might have discussed in prior episodes. Um, these Sparky Sparks, I, they look real, and I wonder if maybe time was spent in the protracted shutdown portion where maybe it was like let's put in real sparker things let's let's get the right fire retardant paint to put on the floor and so forth because it looks really really great the blue Um, ones are interesting like you know the flames
1: we get but how do you make colored uh, incendiaries like that that's impressive and to do them throughout the ship and have them fall and shimmer the way they do i mean there's there's no denying that you know some some unusual editing we haven't seen on discovery in general aside that you know there's a lot good to look at in this episode
0: indeed the effects are great as the ship goes through the plasma barrier uh we're told the, don't exactly see that external hull parts are being burned away it's actually interesting pete i was like oh i've seen external hull parts taken away that was in lower decks where it's a lot you know it's 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 less complex animation compared to the computer animation live action and so forth um but i've seen that i've seen the you know the external hull versus the internal hull, and all that so i i doubt that was like their intention to have that that transfer of knowledge but it was a cool moment nonetheless Have you Uh,
1: felt them dying because
0: they're a piece of you? (laughs) Uh, Maybe not quite that. Burnham now is starting to feel the heat herself. She she says that Zora will have to free the crew. Uh, Zora, at this point, to calm Burnham, sings a song, which I think on paper probably read as pretty lame, but I think that it's an oddly effective, uh, very effective climax, even as Burnham passes out and we fade to black.
1: I'm going to argue in a little bit, really intentional choice given the lyrics, Matt. But uh, the four minutes that it's needed, the song as the distraction for Burnham and something to distract uh, Zora itself as uh, everything is going on here. Uh, We fade out. She awakes, Burnham does in sickbay welcomed back by dr Culber book is also there in Saru Uh great moment with the discovery fanfare before we head back Matt to the newly christened Jonathan Archer space doc
0: indeed uh the Star Trek visual language telling us that repairs are underway we get dialogue from Saru who notes that repairs via programmable matter are so quick and so effective uh pete that's how you get a that's how you get next week's ship looking the same as the beginning of this episode um book wonders how they're going to take the next step in all of this dma stuff he also talks about his father's anger book wants to take the to use that anger uh to take revenge on whoever is behind the dma uh which of course pete has me worried about your theory that it shall be revealed to book that it is the crew of the discovery behind the TMA. Uh, Saru knows that anger too. The Ba'ul, uh, have gone for him from oppressors to partners and, uh, Saru sagaciously saying, let us focus on achieving the greater good instead.
1: He still feels that rage when they're across from him, even though these Ba'ul had nothing to do with the culling that happened with You know, ancestors past, and that learning to find that balance is a worthy struggle. Uh, Back in quarters, the way we began the episode, Burnham finishes her tree. Uh, Zora would like to um, make one of uh, its own. And we see members of Discovery populate it, some with us, some not. Saw Tilly on there, Uh, but she cares uh, very much for the crew, and uh, Burnham says that the crew is glad that she is with them.
0: Pete, we have an incoming tactical analysis. Let's talk about the threats this week and start with the subspace rift.
1: This idea of nothingness, not a new one. Voyager went into a protracted area of space where there were no stars. There was nothingness. And again, space being different enough from area, region, etc., Make sense and to build it within this story that this is what's left behind when the DMA moves and uh, how it may be making subspace toxic uh, and the particle that they now know to look for to be able to locate
0: where it's come from. Yeah, it's a negative that turns into a positive, it's the negative that is the kind of the episodic uh, focus as well. And then the, the byproduct is the uh, the serial continuation from there. Uh, we also have uh, this week, Bad Dad, uh, Book's Dad, as a threat, uh, laying down some anger and some harsh words.
1: And, you know, we get a couple things out of it. They are both named, or at least were named, T-Rex, um, we've still not gotten the story of why Book used this Cleveland Book Booker, but obviously now we can understand he didn't see eye to eye with his father, who was a hunter uh, by circumstance because the Emerald Chain forced him to do it for protection. Um, but the way that he, and again, it's subconscious, it's the projection of of what Book believes in the circumstances as this hallucination um, of not living up to potential, of seeing uh, difference rising with Burnham that really lies on the specter ahead.
0: Let's use our long-range sensors to scan for some theories. Pete, we've noted how in prior seasons, the male lead who is Burnham's, um, let's say, on-screen equal, you know, like equal screen time, that sort of thing, uh, tends to be a one-season-and-done one, one season and done kind of thing. Book carried over from last season. Now, one day, Book will have to make his own decision. Uh, are we, and I say it with a, a lump in my throat, are we Potentially setting up the uh, the the season exit of Cleveland Book Booker.
1: I think we are. You got two seasons with Ash Tyler. I think you're going to wind up with with two here out of Booker. They began laying this track in the previous episode that things might not line up together. And now, when we're talking about the subconscious, that. Uh, Burnham will choose Starfleet over him every time and that one day he's going to have to choose. I mean, they're they're clearly coming to a the the divergence has already started Um, and it's going to be a question of of what wedges it open wide. Um, It's the nature of drama, too, that you're not hunky dory all the time can he be brought back from can they be brought back from their differences they certainly can but it's all tied to what he's experienced by way of the dma destroying quajon
0: so we've had a couple of episodes count down or count in to oh man zora feels all the feels and now in this episode it's a central part uh, of the plot I have no doubt that Zora will continue to evolve, but now that we've done the, all right, Zora, let's focus, believe in yourself, you know, use those emotions for the the greater good. Now that we've had that episode, are we going to have it again? Or is the Zora problem by and large dealt with?
1: I think it's an evolving issue. Like I said in the recap, this idea of a sentient organism living inside a supercomputer whether it turns into you know exterminate the humans exterminate the the thing that uh you know i can't control that is a variable or some kind of misguided solution to protect them um you know i'm I'm not saying my theory that it's discovery in the middle of the DMA as the controller is, is perfect. And and please don't understand, like, or please don't misunderstand. I I don't necessarily want it to be true. I just think that's where the story posts are taking us. Um, and really that could be the thing that, you know, book in realizing, oh my goodness, we are species 10 C. I mean, it, it seems like the misdirect is, is right there. Um, you know, so is, is Zora trying to, um, you know, not turn into the thing that is a threat and it winds up happening anyway, you know, that, that predetermination Plus, there's the short track that just continues to lay out there with Zora's presence. Um, And how are they still trying to square that? It'd it'd be interesting to see if they came out and said, yes, this was done and we took inspiration from it, but we're not going to make efforts to consciously connect it. Instead, mumps the word, which tells me they're trying to make it fit in.
0: I felt like this was, as I said earlier, this was a darling episode that lets us be ship bound, but not bottle episode. It lets us have a focus on the crew and the ship doing Starfleet things and orders and science and math and working together um, and all of that Star Trek stuff. This is not the first quasi self-contained episode of the season, but I feel like Episodes like this are a far cry from the first season where, you know, any episode could run into any episode. It felt like um, I welcome this slightly more episodic take to it. And I wonder if maybe the powers that be have learned a few lessons from uh, at this point prepping for Strange New Worlds and having Strange New World scripts uh, ready to go. When this was filmed, this was less than two months away from Strange New Worlds starting to film. So I thought it was great. Pete, tell me why you didn't like this episode.
1: I just feel like they've set a higher bar. Um, I love that we get the amount of crew members in this episode that we do. But I think once we got into the void, it was this big buildup of we're going to go in there. And and yes, we get trapped. um, But the singing of the song, I think, kind of came across a little silly. Um, I think it may have read better than it came across on the screen. um you know, trapping gray all well not trapping, leaving uh, gray all alone in the lounge, I think is what the writing room is trying to do. okay, let's bond him with Zora. He is synthetic um. He's training to be a Trill guardian, and is this a way to alleviate some of the counselor duties that Culber's been carrying?
0: Uh, in universe, yes. From the perspective of this as a writing room product, seems to me, Pete, like you have two counselors on the show, and you have two doctors on the show. By which I mean Gray and Culber are kind of can do counselor stuff and Culber and Pollard can do doctor stuff. Um, Pollard being a recurring Canadian uh, local and all of that, I don't think, you know, I don't think we're going to see Dr. Pollard disappear anytime soon. Maybe that's not good for Gray's future.
1: I, I don't think Gray's going anywhere. I really don't. And I think given, you know, the inclusion on the show of his character, the idea of cutting him loose I think would be seen as a mistake. Um, So I, I, think he's relatively safe. I, you know, the decommissioned, uncommissioned, um, nature of the character. Okay. What do we give him to do? All right. We have the computer that's now developed an identity let's have him communicate and, you know, does he become the Zora? operator the way Stanitz and book use the spore drive although it's interesting so the spore drive's part of discovery but seemingly not part of zora like can't control it i'd like maybe a little explanation exploration of that
0: um it does occur to me one story solution to uh some of these concerns is Ian Alexander is not a regular cast member. He's a guest star. So if you don't need him for two episodes, you go, oh man, Gray is back in the quarters working on the meditation stuff um, versus say, you know, Adira and Blue Del Barrio as a cast member, you know, you're wasting money if you're not given giving them something to do. Uh, but Pete, what are the theories do you have from this largely self-contained episode?
1: So they talked about jumping outside of Federation space to talk to whoever created the DMA. And then they get this particle that they're able to identify the galactic barrier, uh, at the edge of the galaxy sounded an awful lot. Like the great barrier from star Trek five, but we know that that was at the center of the galaxy. Um, What did you make of that stuff?
0: Well, I know we have um, TOS episodes that reference it. I think it was where no man has gone before. takes us at or through the Galactic Barrier. So whereas whereas there's other elements in this episode that are kind of cute fan service moments, Enterprise, Voyager, not naming him, but Scotty, um, we may be revisiting the Galactic Barrier uh, with our own eyes uh, for the first time since uh, since classic trek uh, i would i would propose that's where things are headed in some degree uh, and, you know we get to see it however reimagined for you know modern effects and so on and so forth um particularly i guess we will need to get through the galactic barrier to find what threat there is on the other side um which also seems where things are headed that we're headed outside this galaxy
1: so the name zora dawn or new day interesting
0: yeah i mean i think if you're gonna if you're gonna name yourself uh name yourself after a new beginning in a i don't know with a strong z and a feminine a at the end that that certainly works for a character voiced by uh the mummy's own annabelle wallace
1: or that uh somehow would want to scrub the crew from the ship and begin again right
0: I did, it did, it has occurred to me as well that one way to fit in um, that short track Calypso with, you know, oh, the crew left and told me to stay put. So I've stayed put for, you know, 900 years or whatever. Um, for example, Pete, when everybody went to the pattern buffer, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. there are, How much time is left for the episode? Because they might go into the pattern buffer and just not come out. And it'll be like somehow we're going to be 900 years later again or like whatever it is. That could be a story thing. And then we didn't, but I am worried that Zora either due to her own failings or due to perhaps, as I think you're proposing, you know, the potential in future episodes for Zora to say, the problem is these, these, uh, you know, living creatures, these, these, these units infestating. Yeah. Which granted was also part of the issue of control last season or two seasons ago, two seasons ago. Um, so I doubt Zora is going to suddenly say, "Wait, get rid of all carbon-based life; only computer robots for the future." Uh, since we've already been there, but I would not. I mean, look, we also keep getting little signposts. Oh, I'm a little nervous about Zora. All right, you better say please. Uh, we're, the 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 uh, diagnostics say nothing is wrong, but then the right. computer Tip-toeing can't do things around
1: right. The AI. I mean, we've had the Sphere data, and it's now. Evolved into this, but the idea that you would need to tiptoe around it. I mean, that's created. Yes. All right. So it it can take crew members and, and imitate and make a, a family tree, too. But, you know, what what's a thing that frequently happens in families, Matt?
0: Uh, they get together for the holidays and everything goes great until people start yelling.
1: <laughs> right. Like you, it, it's. Conflicts inevitable, and conflict within story is the engine. So th- there's got to be something that's not going to quite square between them and create difference. Um, and we'll see that down the road. Whether that's going to lead us to the short trek situation remains to be seen. Um, book uh, telling. His father, so telling himself, in effect, uh, that he'll avenge his planet the second he knows who's responsible. But his father telling him, again, himself, that he'd already know if he followed his gut. So it's shades of him replaying the scenario of Quajon's demise. You know, what was the. What was the clue that he missed? He seems to know who's behind this, or at least his subconscious is telling him. So I I think that's another potential hint that you're on the thing responsible for this.
0: So do we, because again, not knowing exactly uh, was episode 407 written to just be a mid-season, like, da-da-da-da, get ready for the second half. Right, Um,
1: or... Dun, dun,
0: dun. Yeah, we go away for it's ten weeks. But... D- discovery. D- do do we get all of a sudden like, oh man, book, we built a thing to... It's, a mod... it, 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 it's an updated version of like the holodeck that's going to scan your brain and show you the stuff or whatever. And it's like, wait, zoom and enhance, zoom and enhance. Oh no, I see what's inside the DMA. It's Discovery. Cut to the holo representation of it and the camera goes in and it's... Discovery there da 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 cut to black and see ya in uh see you in not ten weeks, but see you see you in six weeks. We'll see with that, let's go to hailing frequencies
2: hailing frequencies open sir
0: we start as always, Pete with our Twitter poll uh in which uh the show put the ship in a metaphorical bottle, so which drink is the one for stormy weather? Watered down got five percent. A bit to whine about got five percent. Wonder fail or wonder ale got 15 (laughs) percent. And then great story and gin got 75 percent. Uh, some replies on Twitter, James the Sagacious. That's uh, at Big Killen on Twitter. This is my least favorite episode of the series, but I loved every minute. The show just can't miss for me. Great to have the bridge regulars back. Looks like we might have a long wait for the next one. Sad emoji. Uh, we heard from Stingray. That's at Trek Girl eighty eight. Another great episode. So many themes they're keeping with: trust, grief, especially how frequently it can manifest as anger. Working together to solve what seems unsolvable. Found family, love. Uh, Stingray goes on to say, "Love little Easter eggs." Gray asking Zora if she'd like to play a game global thermonuclear war anyone oh, that's a good catch there stingray yeah. uh submarine pings to guide them out one ping only please uh and the precedence for using the pattern buffer to keep everyone safe um we also uh, stingray also got went on to say um great to see all the bridge crew back together kind of missed hashtag hinky tarka though uh and lastly stingray says <laughs> Uh, I was glad to see they didn't use the events in the Expendables as a wedge between Burnham and Book. He knows she did what uh, she believed uh, was the right thing. And while he doesn't agree, he doesn't hold it against her. I I I just want
1: to jump in. Expendables or the examples, which was last week's... Yeah, I think maybe Stingray meant the examples was last week's episode. Uh, Not the uh, Stallone... um, you know, action guy franchise.
0: I'm going to stay here on the planet to pay for my sins. <laughs> um, Pete, we also heard from Spider Ham Lincoln. That's at Tess LC 139. And again, Pete, interesting contrast here. We just had James say, uh, least favorite episode of the series. Now, Spider Ham Lincoln says, best episode of the season so far. Very high stakes tension. Owo, Detmer, Dr. Pollard, great to see them back. Seru gives a good speech. He is an inspiring leader. Loving the attention given to Zora's evolution as a unique crew member. Nice submarine ping action. Ah, the good old Scotty in the USS Janolan trick. Star Trek (laughs) uh, all boils down to how its characters deal with emotions. Embracing them, suppressing them, learning about them for the first time. And Disco has done it very well each season. Looking forward to the second half. Uh, And then we heard from Barton Stan. That's at KCLYLE1 on Twitter. This was my favorite episode of the season. Uh, I like all the "Let's go down to the planet," "Let's go down to the planet" episodes, etc. But the ship in distress episodes are my favorites, and this was a great one. And who were uh, all those other characters in gold? Bridge crew, you say? I had almost forgotten they existed. Pete, that's forgotten <laughs> for the ph. Uh, and they had lines and ideas, amazing, great drama, and even some heartfelt moments. Zora's family tree was so sweet. Looking forward to how her emotions work out. I thought that part with her fear and uncertainty was done well. Nice that Gray got to help out too. We got a tiny bit more of Owo's story, and Riker directed. Uh, being in the pattern buffer isn't new, but I don't know that we've seen it used as protection quite like this before. Anyway, a fantastic episode. Any complaints would be nitpicks, not worth it. So there you go, Pete. More people, hashtag Team Matt, than hashtag Team Pete. That's not
1: like. It's the worst Discovery episode ever, but I just it wasn't, you know, I think up to what they produce week to week. Um, Again, you have freaks, you have the action guy, but I don't think you got as much of that, you know. Matt, he, he did cause an effect and he did this episode. And I think one's, you know, far superior, even though they're very similar types of setups.
0: I think that they knew this was not the most spectacular story on the page. You know, you're not bringing in... President of the Federation and President of Vulcan. And we got to find a room that's like the meeting room and got a really great tables and great.
1: Could you imagine if Frakes gets the Saru uh, uh,
0: Tarina, you know, uh, love scene episode? There you go. But, but my point is, I think they said, Frakes, we need somebody who can make the best. You know, I don't think anybody was down on this episode, but it's like this is not, you know. Uh, oh man, we found Data's head, mystery to be continued. <laughs> you know, this is not the Borg have arrived. You know, this is like, this is a bottle episode, by and large. Um, and we need Sing somebody- Sing us a
1: song, Zora. So uh, dun, dun-dun-dun, dun, 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 dun,
0: I think they needed a great Star Trek director to make the best shipbound, ship in distress episode that they could. and uh, And- and, and, it was, and to me it was great pete speaking of great uh throughout the ages some have called him fred the great we have called him grand admiral
2: fred whatever name you know him by we introduce him now hello matt and pete and all listeners to fantastic geek this is fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for star trek discovery season four episode six day after Christmas, so on Christmas day I watch this episode and will give some feedback. And As I learned as a teacher, in feedback you always start with the positive and then discuss the improvement points. Well, ok. Two weeks ago I said my wife became sick during watching of Discovery, even had to throw up, and she really was sick for 2-3 days after that. In the meanwhile she went up and down to Germany to visit some family members and she is doing fine again. But talking about SICK, um, this episode, the second part is, oh gee, okay. We'll start with the positive. I really really like the increased role of Grey here. Um, The way how this young actor does this. I think that Ian Alexander really has grown. What I didn't like is the story and especially the part where Zora gets emotions. I find it such a silly thing that in a stress situation you have to convince your autopilot to go somewhere because she's afraid. Uh, hello? I mean, there is emotional stuff enough in this season with Book and his lost planet with Hugh culber with gray and adira even with tilly a little bit i don't think i need another emotional story namely the one with your computer and the point is i had high expectation because it's directed by jonathan frakes but on the other hand he just has to deal with the script here and that was written by Anne Coffell Saunders and Brandon Schultz. Well, sorry guys. I know on the other hand you could argue what is the difference between a spaceship without an autopilot and let's say the pilot is anxious like Detmer suddenly has problems to fly through a barrier or whatever and you also have to convince her to do her job. Well, okay. It's still an autopilot and a computer. Or are we talking about artificial intelligence with emotions? And are we getting very close to data, for instance, who wants a emotion chip? Uh, okay, I will stop the end of my rant because this goes in a very wrong direction and I don't want to spoil it for other people who liked it a lot. Visuals, cinematography, etc. was superb as always to and with something positive. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. I don't think this was the right Christmas thought of peace and harmony. Okay, bye. Pete, Fred, taking us on some highs and lows there.
0: Fred appreciating the presence of Grey and his contributions to the story.
1: I think Fred proves a point. You can be down on an episode of Star Trek and it doesn't need to become a whole big thing. Um... You know, there are the people who have made their minds up that this is not Star Trek, that they don't want to watch it, that they're not invested in the characters. That's that's fine. Go watch something else. Uh, we enjoy this show. I think we're critical of it when we expect a little bit more. Um, and clearly Fred is team Pete on this episode.
0: To hear Fred uh look at the Zora portion of the episode as you need to convince the autopilot to fly. I I would agree with, I would agree with his criticism when you put it like that. However, within the the context of science fiction, I would say within the story, we are Zora made scared by a frightening world. That's kind of the message there. Not why does my Google maps not give me the best route, but rather why do I sometimes feel the way I feel in, in this complex and challenging existence that we're in? Um, Perhaps both perspectives can exist at the same time. The humanization
1: of discovery as an organism now and that it feels like pieces of itself are taken away, die. It's going to be interesting, you know, is that thread picked up with the programmable matter replacements? Are these, you know, integrated or do they feel different as Zora off? As a result
2: of that.
0: Pete, of course, this whole voyage made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek, making sure that wherever we are in the DMA, we always know how to find our way out.
1: Our guides here getting us through yet another year entirely listener supported takes just a dollar a month to get you through the Patreon door can pick all sorts of levels to contribute at. Uh, can't contribute right now, get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating in seconds, a review in a little while longer, uh, all of which help us do our thing.
0: And of course, Pete, as we get ready for next week's episode and then the great midseason break, how can people be in touch with you to talk about Star Trek?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P I E T E R J K D L R K E T E L A A R. 12,274 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter is Looking Back Lost, do me in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are fantastic geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more facebook.com slash
1: fantastic geek with the ph all one word like it today
0: if you listen to us in general don't forget tomorrow matrix monday probably somewhere in the afternoon or evening we'll be posting our matrix 4 review on patreon.com slash fantastic geek free to all if you listen to us on the pop culture podcast feed we have a hawkeye season wrap coming up as well as uh, talking about the premiere episode of the book of boba fett been back this time next Sunday to talk Discovery 407, the mid-season finale. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word.
1: Now science.